to this new series, episode one. Uh, my name is Edward Reeb, and I'm uh, talking to you here from Goa, India. And as you saw in that opening shot, I have a lot of uh, books on Buddhism, at least that one full shelf. And it kind of uh, starts on the left side with the early stuff, Dhammapada. By the way, I'm going to be mispronouncing a lot of words in this uh, series. I am from California and uh, I do not speak Sanskrit very smoothly. So uh, I'm going to run into a lot of um, words. Feel free to correct me down in the comments or to refer me to places where I can learn uh, better pronunciation and uh, that kind of thing. So I'll just jump right into it. Uh, this is going to be a long series. And I'm going to start on the left side of the shelf and move to the right. So we'll start with the oldest and move toward the uh, the newest, you know, like the 1300, the 13th century with uh, Shobogenzo and Dogen. But we'll start way back with um, in BC times with uh, Dhammapada from the Theravada, uh, the the first of the three major vehicles of Buddhism, as they say. So jump right into it. One. Twin verses. Now, the, the, there might be a slight difference between your translation and this translation. Uh, this is Dhammapada, the sayings of the Buddha. Um, timeless classics. Let's say the name of the uh, translator. Well, anyway, it's the one that looks like this. So the, the chapter titles and, and such might be a little different in another translation. Okay, I'll get to it. <clears throat> one, twin verses. We are a product of our thoughts. Our being is based on our thoughts. It is made up of our thoughts. Pain follows those who speak or act with an evil thought, as naturally as the wheel follows the ox that draws the carriage. We are a product of our thoughts. Our being is based on our thoughts. It is made up of our thoughts. Happiness follows those who speak or act with a pure thought, as steadfastly as a shadow forever by your side. He abused me, he beat me, he defeated me, he robbed me. Discard such thoughts, and peace will flourish within you. Uh, pause. I, I, I realize that um, in a modern psychological context that this is kind of oversimplified. I mean, I don't mean to pick on the Buddha. He was talking 2,600 years ago, and this was probably the first time someone had come up with advice like this. Uh, maybe, maybe not. But... Anyway, for those of you who are, you know, kind of like feeling like, what, you know, you want me to, you're just saying like, take all this tra trauma and just, just, eh, nah, ignore it. No, no, process it, journal, talk to friends, talk to professional, if need be, um, medication sometimes helps with severe cases. I'm, I'm just going to read you this. I'm not saying... I'm not saying this, I'm reading this. I'm seeing what we can uh, glean from it. So <clears throat> I'll just keep on going. I know 
some people complain when uh, guru types are just like, oh, stress and uh, frustration is all in your head. Work doesn't give you stress. It's you and your state of mind. It's, no, no, Sadhguru. It's the fucking system. You know, like, get with the program. Anyway, <clears throat> never in this world has hatred quelled hatred, except for that one time. Only love can quell hatred. This is the eternal truth. There are those who do not understand that we all must die one day. Those who understand this end their quarrels. Those who live for pleasures alone with senses uncontrolled, immoderate in food, idle and slothful, are certain to be overthrown by temptation. Just as the wind tears down a weak tree, those who renounce pleasures with senses under control, moderate, moderate in food, faithful and strong, will never be overthrown by temptation. Just as the wind will never tear down a rocky mountain. He who wears the yellow dress without having cleansed himself from sin lacks restraint and truthfulness and is unworthy of the yellow dress. It's more maroon. Uh, he who has cleansed himself from sin is blessed with all virtues and possesses restraint and truthfulness is indeed worthy of the yellow dress. They who see the truth in the untrue and see the untruth in the true wander the misguided path and never arrive at the truth. Wow, he was writing 2,600 years ago, not yesterday. They who recognize the truth in the true and who see the untruth in the untrue Travel the righteous path and arrive at the truth. Just as rain breaks through an ill-fatched house, so does passion break through an unreflecting mind. Just as rain cannot break through a well-fatched house, so does passion fail to enter a well-reflecting mind. The evildoer mourns in this world and he mourns in the next. He mourns in both. He mourns and suffers when he sees the evil that he has carried out. The virtuous man delights in this world and he delights in the next. He delights in both. He delights and rejoices when he sees that the good that he has carried out. The evildoer suffers in this world and he suffers in the next. He suffers in both. He suffers when he thinks of all the evil he has done. He suffers more when he passes on to realms of misery. The virtuous man is happy in this world and he is happy in the next. He is happy in both. He is happy when he thinks of all the good he has done. He is still more happy when he passes on to the realms of bliss. 
He who recites the holy teachings but practices them not is like the cowherd who counts the cows of others. He will go through the actions but never receive the fruits of blessing. He who rarely recites the holy teachings but practices them earnestly, forsaking passion, hatred, and illusions, and possesses true knowledge and serenity of mind, caring for nothing in this world or the other, receives indeed the fruits of blessing. Chapter two, awareness. Awareness is the path of immortality. Obliviousness is the path of death. The aware do not die. The oblivious are as if dead already. The wise recognize the importance of awareness. They delight in it and enjoy the realm of the awakened. The wise meditate steadfastly and assiduously, and they alone will attain nirvana. There is no way under the Father. Never mind. Achieving the incomparable freedom from bondage. He who is heedful and diligent, whose deeds are pure, who acts with consideration and restraint and follows the teachings earnestly will bask in glory. Using restraint and self-control, awareness and energy, the wise man may build for himself an island that no flood can overwhelm. The foolish pursue a life of ignorance and vanity. It is the wise that know awareness is their most treasured jewel. Turn away from mindless desires. Turn away from sensual pleasures. Only he who meditates and is aware attains complete joy. The wise man drives away ignorance with his awareness and climbs the tower of wisdom. Just like a person atop a mountain looks at the ground below, so does the wise man view with detachment the foolish and unhappy crowd below. Aware among the oblivious, awake among the asleep, the wise man races ahead like a swift horse, leaving the hack behind. It was his awareness that made Indra the lord of the gods. And so awareness is forever praised, and ignorance is forever condemned. The monk who delights in awareness and regards ignorance with fear, advances like fire, burning all worldly shackles, whether small or large. The monk who delights in awareness and regards, regards ignorance with fear will never fall from his spiritual heights. He is close to attaining nirvana. Three, mind. Just as a Fletcher straightens his arrow, a wise man straightens his 
restless and unsteady mind, which is difficult to guard, difficult to control. Just as a fish quivers and twitches when taken from its watery home and thrown on land, so does this mind toss and waver when attempting to escape the realm of Mara. It is good to tame the mind, yet so difficult to control it. As flighty as it is, rushing wherever it wants, wherever it wishes, but once tamed, it brings much happiness. The mind is artful and difficult to grasp. It rushes wherever it wishes, but the wise man guards his mind. And once guarded, it brings much happiness. The mind is without form. It travels far and wide, wandering alone hiding in the chamber of one's heart, he who bridles it will attain freedom from the bonds of Mara. Knowledge will never reside in him whose mind is unsteady, who doesn't know the true teachings and whose faith wavers constantly. The awakened man fears nothing. His mind is not ruled by passion or hatred and has risen above good or evil. Understand that this body is like a fragile jar, and so strengthen the mind like a fortress, and protect it from Mara with the weapons of knowledge, and once victorious, guard it, and live with detachment. Before long, alas, this body will lie on the earth, abandoned and lifeless, just like a useless log. Whatever injury an enemy may inflict on an enemy or a hater upon a hater, it is still less than the great mischief a misguided mind inflicts on its possessor. A well-directed mind can do greater good for us than our mother or father or any other relative. Chapter four, flowers. Who will decipher the mysteries of this earth? Who will understand the world of Yama and the gods? And just as the garland maker skillfully chooses the best flowers for his creation, see, normally I'd be swatting this fly, but you know, reading this and wearing this, it just, have you seen Karate Kid 3? Anyway. And just as the garland maker skillfully chooses the best flowers for this for his creation, who will understand and perceive the wisdom of the sacred teachings? The learned disciple will decipher the mysteries of this earth. It is he who will understand the world of Yama and the gods. And just as the garland maker skillfully chooses the best flowers for his creation, the learned disciple will understand and perceive the wisdom of the sacred teachings. Comprehend that this body is as unsubstantial as foam. Awaken to the illusion that is life. Break free from Mara's flower-tipped arrows 
and go beyond to the realm where the king of death cannot follow. Just as a flood sweeps away a sleeping village, so does death sweep away him whose mind is distracted, who spends his life gathering the flowers of pleasure. Pleasure. Death overcomes the man whose mind is distracted, who spends his life gathering the flowers of pleasure, and whose thirst for earthly desires is unquenchable. Just as the bee collects nectar from a flower and departs without sullying its color or scent, so does a sage gather alms in a village and wander away. Do not concern yourself with the shortcomings of others or with what they have done or left undone. Concentrate on what you have done and what remains to be done. Just like a beautiful flower full of color is wasted without its scent, so are the fine words spoken by him who does not act accordingly deemed hollow. Just like a beautiful flower full of color is enriched with its fragrance, so are the fine words of him spoken by him who acts accordingly deemed valuable. Just as many garlands can be strung together from a heap of flowers, so should a mortal string together as many good deeds as possible once he is born. The fragrance of flowers can never travel against the wind. No, not even the scent of sandalwood Tagara or jasmine. But the fragrance of a virtuous man spreads in all directions. His goodness pervades every place. Sweeter than the fragrance of sandalwood, Tagara, lotus, and jasmine is the fragrance of virtue. Slight is the fragrance of Tagara and sandalwood but the fragrance of the virtuous travels far, rising up to meet the gods in heaven. Mara can never follow those who live a virtuous life, filled with awareness and emancipated by true knowledge. On a heap of rubbish cast upon the highway, the lotus blooms, full of sweet perfume and delight. Similarly, among the heap of rug rubbish made of foolish people who walk in darkness, the disciple of the truly enlightened Buddha shines bright in his knowledge. Chapter five, the fool. Long is the night for the sleepless. Long is the distance for the tired. And long is this life for the foolish who are ignorant of the supreme truth, the Dhamma, the Dhamma in Dhammapada. If a traveler does not find a companion who is his better or his equal, let him firmly traverse a solitary journey, for there is no companionship with a fool. These sons belong to me, this wealth belongs to me, 
The fool torments himself with such thoughts. But when his own self does not belong to him, how can sons and wealth? The fool who recognizes his foolishness is wise, at least so far. But the fool who thinks himself wise, he is a fool indeed. Such a good quote. Even if a fool spends his entire life with a wise man, he will remain unaware of the truth, just as a spoon remains unaware of the taste of soup. If he who is intelligent spends but a moment with a wise man, he soon perceives the truth, just as the tongue perceives the taste of soup. Fools of little understanding are their own greatest enemies. Their evil deeds bear them bitter fruits. That deed is not well done of which a man must repent. And the reward of which he faces with tears and a woeful face. That deed is well done of which a man does not repent and the reward of which he receives gladly and joyfully. When his evil deed is unfinished, the fool thinks it sweet like honey. But when it is completed and yields its bitter fruit, then the fool suffers grief. Month after month, a fool may eat his food with the tip of a blade of grass. Yet he is not worth a sixteenth particle of those he who has realized the truth. Of I'll read the words that are on the page. Yet he is not worth a sixteenth particle of those he who has realized the truth. Just like fresh milk takes time to curdle, so does an evil deed smolder, like fire covered by ashes, following the fool till it burns him. The fool's misguided knowledge brings him only sorrow, running, running his life, yeah, and clear, cleaving his head. The fool wishes for a superior reputation, for precedence among the monks, for rule over abodes, for worship among the common people. May both the common man and the monk think that this is done by me. May they look to me for guidance in all works, great and small. This is how the fool thinks. This is how his desires and pride grow. One road leads to wealth. Another road leads to nirvana. Let the true disciple of Buddha know the difference and let him reject all worldly goods, seeking instead detachment from this world. Chapter six, the wise man or Pandita. If you meet a wise man who tells you where you have gone wrong and administers reproof, be sure to follow him as he reveals where the true treasure lies. The company of such a man will always make your life better, never worse. Let him admonish, 
let him teach. Let him save you from wrongdoing. The virtuous will love him. The evil will hate him. Do not keep company with mischievous or evil friends. Avoid the company of those who are wicked. Seek the friendship of those who are noble and virtuous. Drink deeply the supreme truth and live happily with a serene mind. The wise man always rejoices in the Dhamma as preached by the noble one. Just as irrigators direct the flow of water, fletchers shape the arrow and carpenters sculpt a log of wood, the wise control their mind. Just as a large boulder is not moved by the wind, the wise man remains unmoved amidst either blame or praise. Once awakened to the true teachings, the wise man becomes as serene and tranquil as the deep undisturbed lake. He who is good renounces everything. He who is at peace does not talk or long for worldly pleasures. The wise man remains calm and detached. Whether touched by happiness or sorrow, he is neither overjoyed nor miserable. If, whether for his own sake or for the sake of others, a man wishes neither for a son nor for wealth nor for lands, and if he does not crave success by unfair means, then he is good, wise, and virtuous. Few among the multitude are those who are able to cross over to the other shore. Most only run up and down the shore, unable to break free from the shackles of this world. But those who follow the true teachings of Dhamma will cross over the dominion of death, however difficult it may be to overcome. Let the wise man abandon the dark path of everyday life and embark on a journey along the enlightened path of the ascetic. Let him leave behind his home, or excuse me, let him leave his home and all that is familiar and enter a state of homelessness where he discovers the joys of detachment. Let the wise man seek delight in renouncing everything. Let him leave all pleasures behind and calling nothing his own, the wise man should cleanse himself of all the sins that trouble the mind. Those whose minds have awakened to the principles of knowledge who, without clinging to anything, rejoice in freedom from attachment, whose appetites have been conquered, and who are filled with light, have attained nirvana in this world itself. I'll close with that for today. Yeah, just getting started with the first small book. The, the future books are, <laughs> this is going to be a long series. I, I, I do want to stick with it. I might have a long gray beard by the time I get to the end of this series. Um, the music that you heard in the beginning and which you'll hear in just a second is a uh, 
uh, a recital of the Heart Sutra in Japanese with drums. I'll put a link uh, here if you want to hear the whole thing. And special thanks to them for, you know, making this series uh, sound good in the beginning and the end. And uh, we'll pick up next time with the next page of the Dhammapada. And uh, blessings to you, as, uh, as my dad and I used to say after our morning meditation, to the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Until next time.